Hi guys, welcome to the Original Judo Podcast. I'm James Austin and I'm delighted to have one of British Judo's elite performance coaches with me today. He works with the Elite Development Squad. He's a former member of the British Junior and Senior teams and he's also coached at a Paralympic Games. Denny, Denny Roberts, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, finally. (laughs) <laughs> You're a hard man to track down, Denny. Um, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm 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 good. Although we're in strange times, I'm I'm, I'm doing okay, thank you. How's the quarantine teaching treating you? Um, it's I'm learning. Like I said, like I'm, I'm learning some new stuff about myself in terms of um, structures and processes that I didn't think I needed, but. I obviously can't function without that wrapped around me and learn that. Like I was just sort of sitting around thinking, lost. It, so I had to write myself a plan and stuff like that. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm, 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 I wrote, wrote my plan and I'm back on track with like the sort of learning and the stuff that I wanted to get done while I was while in this sort of period. You're using the time to to develop as a yeah, yeah, because. Uh, the the sort of everyday coaching elements gone away so what a perfect excuse to focus on 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 myself at this moment and sort of upskill myself ready to go back into the to the center and, and fly awesome so can we start can you let the guys uh listening uh, watch him just started on youtube decide yet whether this one goes out on youtube um <laughs> but um can you let the guys know a little bit about what your role is who you work with um and kind of how you got there um so my role as a whole is is to sort of uh, recruit and develop the, the junior players to have a sort of senior profile and go on to to, to find out what they're capable of, really. Um, <clears throat> how I got there, well, it's like the whole story of, of what started when I was five, didn't want to do judo, wanted to be a boxer originally. But my dad was a marathon runner and, and stuff like that. He trained out of a gym that was two two turnings away from a judo club. And that's where I was, I was put while he was off running like two hour, three hour marathons and stuff like that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so did that, went to, was alright, loved it, went to Bishop Abbey, sort of, sort of barged my way in through the door at Bishop Abbey, the back end of it. Um, then obviously Dartford kicked off like a, a, maybe a year or so later, and then, <clears throat> yeah, that's where I spent the sort of majority of uh, a career, if you could call it that, I spent most of the time in the physio room, if I'm honest, and uh, but, uh, yeah, and then it was it was through that 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 plethora of injuries that I had that John Paul Bell said, "Okay, what what you're doing with yourself? Where where do you want to go from here?" And he um and I and I said, "Look, I love I love the sport with all my heart, but I just don't want to be injured anymore. I don't want to go through like I was on crutches for <clears throat> four years in a row every summer or something like that, and I I just didn't want to." to do that side of it anymore like and then he said okay why don't you help me out with the the Paralympic team <clears throat> and it was around the sort of time when um Dartford was ending and the new centre was being built so he sort of mentored me into to, to a, a coaching role and how to plan and organise my, myself as a, as, a, as a coach while because there was only a very few players left at, at, at Dartford at that point so it was a great way for me to sort of learn coaching 
JP was going to and from the centre <clears throat> when it was being built and then him coming back checking in what I'd done and with debriefing and stuff like that on yeah, and that's where I sort of started my coaching in the in the real sort of background of Dartford when it was ending really. And then so yeah, you, coming to the centre. Had you coached before then? Um with with kids, with anyone, or was that kind of your first exposure to the, the other side, I guess, of judo? No, because because I was injured so much, British Judo and like the the sort of technical officers in British Judo always um said, Oh, do you want to do this while you're off? So I did like they gave me a British judo van at one point and I was teaching like really young kids how to how to do judo for I think it was like three or four months of doing that and then I was <clears throat> head coach of Barking College and I started UEL, the university judo club there. Yeah. Um which got great success actually, because it was just it was me experimenting. It was me just just playing with with um coaching ideas and stuff that would We've played about with as, as, as an athlete, and yeah, they, it was the most. Success. I think they got more medals at, at Bucks than any of the whole entire team called back at one point. And yeah, so I had very like <clears throat> not many years of coaching. Obviously, like peer to peer coaching and stuff that you you talk about with other athletes, but not like my own club and and only like university coaching and and like kids and stuff like that. Okay, and you went straight into um, coaching in, was it VI Judo with JP? Yeah, so I went straight into sort of uh, <clears throat> working with JP and he he sort of left or was part leaving that, that VI program and, and I sort of was sort of looking after it while while that was going on. And yeah, I sort of sharpened my teeth, cut my teeth in that sort of area, that sort of arena really. And it was... I suppose a really great experience is in <clears throat> what I learned from that part of my my time was the most important thing that I learned was you can't take the normal things that we would do for granted. You can't go, okay, put that there or, oh, look over there or something like that. So you have to be really, really, not you can't be vague in your explanation of what you're doing. So it taught me how to coach like and and talk very well about okay, I need to move this here and put put this hand on the lapel and the real detail of of actually what I'm doing because you're teaching people that can't always see that. Cool. And so, it also taught me the beauty of like the feel of judo. <clears throat> okay. The real, the real sort of how this sleeve moves and that sleeve moves and, and how it connects the whole body and stuff like that. So I did a lot of stuff. I had just such a great pleasure of. While I was injured, it was a time when, when Go Sonoda was around. Yeah, yeah. I only ever did my rehab and my return to plays with Go. So that I learned technical from, from him. I learned about movement and like action reaction and all this kind of stuff all through Go Sonoda teaching me and Peter at some points and, or just me on my own how to do basic movement patterns, Sugiyashi and all this stuff that I never even heard of until that point. Okay, okay, and then so that that experience as a with with the the Paralympic squad with the VI squad, yeah, is that giving you like a tool set that you've carried over now? Yeah, like like it's given me perspective. I mean, like um, 
I think every single athlete in the world should go to an Olympic village and experience that because I think every, even myself included, if I had a sore knee or if I had a, even if I've torn cartilage, even if I've had a stressful day, I'm a little bit tired. Do you know what I mean? You walk into this Olympic village and you walk into the gym of an Olympic village, there's people with limbs missing, <clears throat> all limbs missing, like some like accidents or incidents that uh, have caused this that you're looking at and thinking I have got no excuse in the world to to not get up today or not do what I should be doing today so in terms of just that sort of perspective on on life as a lesson it's yeah like what we do is amazing like it's 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 a bubble it's so amazing what you're what we do as, as a sport is it if you're doing it full time and if you're you're living it. it. It's what a great thing. Like it, it's amazing. So how <laughs> how are you coping at the moment then? Coaching taken away, and at the moment for me it feels like it's going to be a long roll back for sport, but for potentially judo in particular. How are you? Uh, yeah, kind of coping at the moment. What challenges are there for you as an elite performance coach at the moment? Um, it's getting used to. Um, Shouting over a screen at, at, at people, just like I'm counting ten, just as a screen, and it's that sort of disconnect, that that human contact that I do miss. Like I love the guys there at the centre, and uh, I miss I miss them all. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. But in terms of coaching, it's it's like I said, I've got a new focus. I, I'm looking into coach mentoring, coach development, and stuff like that. And it's just a a new strand of coaching that I probably wouldn't have found and. Um, I think it's going to help me as in develop like some soft skills that I think I need developing in my, in my, in my, in what I feel in my sort of um, learning that, yeah, I can help sort of surface beliefs and hopefully help sort of, if even if I increase people's thinking around stuff, then yeah, I've achieved something in this, in this sort of period that, that I probably wouldn't have done if this wouldn't have happened. But it's great. I tell you what is amazing the creativity that you're seeing online right Oh really? Okay. Like the like from the two minute tea kettle teaching a skill stuff to yeah the the, the craziness that some of the um, sort of PTs are coming out with with the bands and stuff. I think wow, like really like patting the back to some of the stuff that people are coming up with in, in, in terms of creativity, in terms of like keeping people intrigued and motivated into into the sport still. How are you finding the players uh, coping at the moment? Because we, we've kind of got past that first, like, the novelty. novelty. Yeah, we've got past the yeah. novelty of it. And how are they coping with being away from training? Or, or what, what are British Judo maybe putting in place to kind of keep them, I don't know if they're keeping them engaged or they're, they're giving them different yeah, so, goals. So we're doing the normal, like, the, the sort of planned sessions in and they've got planned sort of... Um, the like functional fitness kind of sessions put in place um also we're doing these like <clears throat> personal development plans and uh like sort of refocusing the goal so at this moment in time the reality is i'm not i'm an athlete but i'm not that's not my focus right now so i what's my secondary focus what's my purpose now like denny the coach has been taken away so what what am I now? I'm at uni. I'm I'm doing these things. You know what I mean? What's my secondary focus? And it, and it's looking around. Okay, so it's a chance now 
in this period to learn something new that you could probably bring back into the centre that might make you a better athlete, better person, better, better <clears throat> all-round individual that, that through this experience you've learned stuff. And and the struggle, is, the struggle is not a bad thing. Like, in reality, there's some terrible stuff going on. There's some sad stuff going on. But we're probably majority, majority going to get through this period. And, okay, we're going to be bored and we're going to struggle a bit and we're going to learn something about ourselves. And in terms of the, the psychology around that, <clears throat> you're going to learn something. You're going to learn how to get through this period. You're going to learn how to goal set. You're not just going to sit around. You're going to perhaps find and, and learn from all the experiences that you've had that you can put a plan together for yourself. You know how to take sessions and you're going to learn some stuff. And hopefully you might draw upon that one day in an environment where you might be in the middle of goddamn nowhere and it, you might have to miss a couple of days of training. But actually, you know what? I've done this before. I can draw back upon this experience and, then, and I know how to deal with it. So I don't think the struggle is a bad thing as long as the support's there to, to sort of help them. Do you think the, the group you work with are going, or are going to find it difficult to come back? Or do you think they'll be so desperate to come back? Um, uh, or do, do, do you think they don't... Do you think potentially they don't understand why they're doing judo other than they, they love it so they're, they're kind of raring to go? Or do you, do you think that some of them will start to wonder during this period where they've got other interests coming to the fore? I don't know. Great question. I, I, I hope that... Personally, I hope that they're rejuvenated and again like a different perspective like we're not we're not curing world peace like we're insignificant as a as a sort of a, a a sport you're sat at home doing nothing like you're not a key worker you're not any of these things and sort of some perspective on the fact that what you do like i said earlier is an amazing amazing thing you're training to be an elite athlete to go to an olympic games you get to travel the world you get all sorts of resources thrown at you in a beautiful center look at these centers that are around now like from what i had when i was a kid uh, to you had when probably you was younger that, like just wow like come on come come back into the center rejuvenated with christ i've got all this stuff i'm going to make this happen do you know what i mean there's surely the perspective of what really going on is going to hopefully teach you that okay okay um so you've you've been a Work in the performance setter coaching for two Olympic cycles now, Paralympic Olympic cycles. Um, pretty much straight after 2012, was there a bit of crossover with that cycle? Um, pretty much straight after. I think sort of in the middle of uh, Paralympics and Olympics, I was sort of doing stuff. Okay. And um, yeah, straight into and um, and I'm still around, still around. Mm -hmm. What's what's the life cycle of like a high performance coach? Like, or, or what are your goals? Where do you where do you see yourself in five years, uh, Danny Roberts? <laughs> great. I um, <laughs> what, what's your five year plan? No, my like, five year plan is I I look at Nigel's job and I think no. Like he, the the stuff that that man does and has to sort of answer to and, and all the work that he does in the background is is just I'm like just wow like that's not for me I I I love the art of coaching I love 
<clears throat> sport. I would love to cross sport somehow. Okay. Like go to another sport and then come back to judo and offer what I have there. I don't know what or what that or what or where that would be. And I'd love to do Winter Olympics actually, but um, only because I I so interested in that um, all the flow state stuff of the um, sort of snowboarders and the, and the, like the extreme athletes and stuff like that, yeah, where yeah, they yeah. get that um, sort of absolute laser focus the consequences are higher the risks are higher the challenges are higher i want to know i want to know more about that and then come back to the center and then come back to british judo and because that's where my heart is that's where i'm I'm, it's where i was raised you know what i mean so i want to just okay let's experience some stuff let me bring it back see what happens do you find it, do you not find it challenging? As in, so by the time London cycle had finished, I was, I was ready to be done. Like I'd had enough of the traveling. I wanted to kind of just be in one place at one time and taking on that coaching role, you've kind of just embraced it. And now you've done it for two kind of cycles. Yeah. Like, is that, is it a, is it? I mean, it might be something you enjoy. It might be something you love doing. Is it something you can? You, is it something you, you can can keep doing? Um, I don't know. Like, like I love it. Like, I absolutely love it. Like, the traveling. The, the I love flying, man. I'm still I'm still the, the guy that sits at the window and looks out. <laughs> I, and I fly, I fly like two or three, four or five times a month. Do you know what I mean? And I still sit on the window and I'm, like, I'm buzzing to take off. And at least I'm still a kid. So, <laughs> like, and I love the the challenge, the winning and the losing and seeing the, the guys win is just, just absolutely amazing. And to know that you've had some part in that is just incredible. And I think that's what, <clears throat> that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me motivated to, to do what I do. And yeah, there's, there's, I don't want to say sacrifice. There's choices, isn't it? I make a choice. I make a choice to miss weddings and seeing people grow up and missing my friends and missing these things. And but I don't know. I I'm feel. <clears throat> I suppose I feel very unfulfilled in my career. You made it to a games. That's that's. You've got some fulfillment there. I made it to the physio room. Like I've got no fulfillment in terms of 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 what I achieved as an athlete. So I'm I'm sort of. I'm I'm loving this now because I can't get injured. I can I can only give everything I have to the to these guys and help them be a success. Do you know what I mean? You confidently said you can't get injured there. I've I, I struggle to believe you don't sometimes. Still have <laughs> you know, I've had I've had two operations <laughs> while I've been coaching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean I can't get injured if I stay off the map. But I'm not going to do that. So I can get I literally can get injured still, but. It doesn't. I don't get deselected. Nigel don't deselect me from. We <laughs> <I> get injured. <laughs> so, in that role, like, what what are the pressures for you, like, on a, a weekly basis? Obviously, you're working towards a four year cycle, and potentially you're working longer than that with the younger athletes, with you guys. What are the pressures that you you're coming up against, kind of constantly? Um. That I put on myself is is I mean I'm asking myself every day are are they are they better than they were yesterday are they are they have they improved today and and then I'm constantly reviewing them am I doing the right things to to support that am I doing the right the right things for the sport in general 
like ever ever am I have I really taken it from one place to the next and left it in a better place if I was to leave now like these are the sort of questions I, I, I ask and like I don't like I love the sport I want to make a difference and I, I want to <clears throat> and that's why I took took the role and went into the, the, the British judo do you know what I mean and, and mm-hmm. where you can make a difference and yeah pressure is good keeps you on your toes and, and I enjoy that part of it and the getting medals is one part of it the developing the athletes and making sure they're, they're the right they're good people and great athletes at the same time um, yeah this is a performance sport you want medals like and they want medals and, and it's, it's that's amazing to see and it's yeah I think it's the right amount of pressure for that role is in you're all searching for this this big dream of a of a, an Olympic Games the pressure has to be there that's that's part of it and that's what keeps you in check I suppose so does that change though so you you talk we've talked a little bit about your kind of experience as a Paralympic coach and you went to to Rio with the team um what was the pressures like in the build-up to that and then as an event um were the squad disappointed with the results and what were the, the pressures coming out of that or during when it was happening yeah like I I, I didn't I didn't so much lead the, the, the program, the, the sort of details of the how it was sort of periodized into that, but I was around it and I felt the pressure because Christ, I want the team to do well, I want G B to do well, I want everyone to win, do you know what I mean? And and there was a lot in that game's a lot of like sort of very small margins that if they'd have gone the other way it would have been a very different game. And yeah, it's very it's impactful, isn't it? It's, it's sad. Like um, you win and lose with them. Like you win and lose with the athletes as a coach. You sat in the sat in the chair, and <clears throat> for me, it was a nice experience because the two athletes I was coaching, sitting in a chair for, um, I sort of brought into the pathway, brought them up through the pathway and into a games and their first games, and and yeah, for it was just it was like a proud sort of moment to see them out there competing on that massive world stage of of a Paralympic Games or, or in that environment. But yeah, it's 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 different pressure now, as in like I lead the junior program with Colin and we decide what the what we do as a okay, this is what we're doing this time and we're going to go with these sort of processes and systems and this is how we want them to develop. And so going into a, a junior European championships like last year was, <clears throat> yeah, you're damn right I'm nervous. You're damn right I'm scared because these p- people, all these athletes have trusted me with with their development and, and the parents have and the coaches have and, the GB has, do you know what I mean? Is in okay, let's let's see. And yeah, they performed and they 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 done very well. But that's and then it's a massive like relief. And then you go again junior worlds and under twenty threes and it's 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 never ending. But it's it's I suppose that's keeps me going, keeps me alive of, of what I want to do and, and keeps me sort of Christ. I need to I need to be better than what I was. I need to be better than that. Okay, so you had experience yourself as a as a full time athlete, and now obviously you're you're coaching the centre of excellence on the, the the daily. Like, how do programs now compare? Like, has 
the sports science or the understanding of coaching developed so much in the eight years since you were competing, the ten years, or is it is it more of the same, or there has anything changed? Um, the the generation of athletes changed. The uh, you've got more 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 of the the sports science wrapped around you. There's there's hundreds of people that want to be helpful. Do you know what I mean? As in like in, in a system like we've got now, which has just never been like this before. Yeah. And and the processes and the and the the, the things that Nigel's put in place for like <clears throat> to to for clarity and kind of okay we're following this system this pathway this way of doing stuff and these processes and uh, it's it's for me it's the for 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 science and that stuff it's very very smart how we we bring these players in it's very thoughtful it's very whole athlete and stuff like that and then. Yeah, there's some things that that like I suppose I experienced it as an athlete, and, and that, okay, I I believe that we're as as coaches, as as helpers, as leaders, and stuff like this, that we're trying to be the the coaches and stuff that we didn't have when we was younger. Mm-hmm. So that that's I'm always thinking, okay, what 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 happened to me? What did I miss? And then okay, if I can see and spot that in the environment of Okay, are they doing the wrong things? Are they going down that pathway? Are they, are they like that? And yeah, so I think it's better for having people that have experienced some of the full-time systems in this country in there. And then it's just, um, yeah, like the, the support really. The support's really good now. Cool. Better. What, <laughs> do you, what do you say to the athletes as they're coming into the programs? Like, so, or if, maybe a better thing to ask is, uh, if you, if you're talking now to a young athlete who might be a few years away from going uh, full time, um, yeah. what what are the challenges that they should be kind of mindful of? What are the things they should be thinking of that you guys would like to see to to bring them on board? Uh, other than the, like the sort of the holistic whole person side of the cooking and cleaning and, and more sort of independence and like. Start, start getting that in, embedded now. Do you know what I mean? Then them sort of okay, you've got your own email set up, like really little things that just sort of yeah. that help you become more of an adult. So when you go into this place and your normal sort of social network here is it's gone. You're coming to Warsaw. You're coming to the Midlands, uh, and if you're not from there, like I come from London, I I. I all my friends are down there. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's like make sure that <clears throat> you're thinking about these these things because once you're in there, you have to live it. You have to be obsessed and you have to commit. And every day you're 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 there to try and test that commitment, test that commitment, and keep going. That every morning you wake up, you should be asking yourself. Am I ready to go again? Yes. Okay, let's go. And let's go and find out what I'm capable of. So in terms of like a skill set, then then no. But in terms of preparedness, prepare to, to do everything and anything that you can to be the best on the map. It's not just about doing what's given to you as a program. It's about doing more and extra. And look at all the greatest athletes in the world. They... They spend time kicking the footballs against the walls and taking the free kicks or hitting a tennis racket. Just 
like a million times. Like, be obsessed with it. Copy that method because it works. As in, doing just enough is not going to make you an Olympic champion. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, kind of, kind of going on from that. We've got a lot of very successful women in the setup at the moment. Um. Why is that, and why are our men at the moment in numbers struggling to catch up? Um, or to have the same success? Really tough, as in like it's 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 tough out there. Look how it's moved on, as in the nations wise. It's just wow, the numbers are just amazing, and the and the and the field strong out there. The women. In our environment, are excelling. There's such a great group of them, as in um, in the same weights, and they've got that competition mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think that's something as a as a as a junior program we're looking to build. I mean, about sort of three three new hundred kilo boys into the center, create that little network of hundred kilo players. And you've got Larin and Harry and <clears throat> Skelly and like a group of a hundred kilo players now. And now you can create some competition in that environment that will help push you on. And I think we're getting at a point where we're starting to understand, okay, we need to change these things to make the the men excel now. Okay, okay. I think um, that it's happening. I mean, the the way we're recruiting and the way that we're, we're bringing players in is, is is smart now. We've learned some stuff and we're, and we're moving forward with how we're doing things. I think... I think I think the results are are evident. You've only got to look at 57s and 63s where... 63s yes. particularly, where there are bodies at the centre. And there's so many of them very successful. They're all pushing each other. Yeah. You know. Um, we had some good medals from, from, from the, oh, the men of late. I mean, like we got our first junior 81 male medal since... Yeah, yeah. Since oh, Thomas wow. Cousins. Is that true? Yeah. So wow. you're I'm like like that's we're 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 doing it we're doing it it's just not at the level where the women are now and like <clears throat> that's that's not it's not perfect and it's not uh, obviously where we want it and where we want it as a nation but it's we're we're going to make the steps and I know we're going to make the steps to 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 change that and obviously it takes time to develop as in. You'd expect, you wouldn't expect, everybody want, wants results right now, but yeah. you'd expect it to take a little bit of time to develop as a setup. And then after that, for the, to get the medals coming in as a like consequence of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you could, so you, yeah, moving away from that, <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what would you be saying? Is there anything you think that you guys do at the centre? Um, any any kind of coaching knowledge that you'd, you'd pass on to club coaches or anything you think that they should be considering as part of their own coaching? I'm thinking in terms of when I did my level two yeah. a long, long time ago, and I'm sure it's moved on as a qualification now, Um it was a world away from some of the stuff that I see across all the centres when they're coaching now. And I just wondered yeah. we, if that's 
<laughs> I would, like that's what I did. Like I, I went through the the, the the coaching courses the same as everyone, level two, level three, and and um, I'm, I'm doing a university course now, and I've sat in a million and one workshops and stuff like that. But my my advice is to read everything. Now, whether you think it's relevant or not, like read it and read as much as you can, and then you get to a point where you've got so much knowledge in there that you start making connections. Yeah. And then you then you you'll find out of all these sort of new systems and processes that coaches have used over the years and um, that, that are there now that <clears throat> I think that you need to get to the bottom of. So if it's um, constraint based learning and all this kind of stuff, then go and research what constraint based learning is. Go and find out where it first came from. Find out how it, the journey of it to getting where it is now happened. So then when you're when you're coaching it, when you're trying to teach it and it falls apart or it goes well, you understand why and how that happened. That's what I would say. Cause that's what I was told from from a, a great man, a mentor of mine that, that has influenced my coaching in, in terms of how I how I how I learn stuff and how I put stuff in place. I don't do it unless I know a lot about it. Awesome. Um... Okay, so um, I guess kind of knocking on from that, I love your Twitter at the moment. You are, uh, I guess, throwing out ideas that you're clearly aware of or reading at the moment. Uh, <laughs> and the one today or yesterday was talking about putting bumps uh, in the pathway. Yeah. Um, what does what does that particularly kind of mean to you? What, what's that about? Um. Like I said, I, I'm reading a lot, and and it, <clears throat> it was just something that I'm sort of flowing around now with with it, like a periodized psychological development in in like in a, in a big overall plan and how that that sort of happens and about sort of turning adversity into a positive experience and especially in the times you're in now. So how do you reframe what what's happening now into a positive experience that you can use in the future. And it was just really around, this is a bump in the road for some people. Mm-hmm. So, okay, then how do we learn about what happened and how do we take this, what's happened, and make it something that we can put into our lives in the future and, and learn from? That was kind of where I was going with it. It's hard to do on Twitter, though. I'm limited. <laughs> <laughs> I feel restricted on that thing. Um, but yeah, I, was, I froze the fact. Do you know what? I started. Uh, I, I'm I'm dead on Twitter. I got no hardly any followers, and like, but I I was gonna make like <clears throat> another account where it was like secret, not secret, but as in like coach something and or coach clinic or something like this. It's about all this stuff. That I want to start. But then I thought, you know what? I've done. I've got enough experience. I've done enough reading. I'm, I'm, I've had some success with athletes and stuff like that. That <clears throat> I feel like I'm in a place to. Accept the questioning, and I want to be questioned. I want people to talk to me. I want people to challenge me. So, so no, yeah, I, I love it. I do. I love it because um, some of the ideas I'm familiar with, like through kind of my qualification pathway, um, yeah. like to psychology, and 
and then there's other things you throw out there and I go, oh, I wonder what that means. And I, I like to go away and yeah, have a little Google, have a read and uh, plenty for me to go away and uh, catch up on. So it's good. Good. Keep it. Keep it going. <laughs> so, I, do, it's hard to, I was trying to do one a day, but then I'm, 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 there's not enough material out there. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling to do one post a week at the moment. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm going to limit it. So. Definitely. It's all good. Keep it going, please. Um, <laughs> So, coming to the end, and uh, thanks for your time, but what I wanted to do before you go, I want to talk about who you think are the most exciting judo players, kind of on the international circuit at the moment. So, we're recording this before we do Player of the Decade, and we'll come to that in a second, but it'll be up and running, I think, when the podcast comes out, so it'll be great to hear your views on that. But who do you like watching? I'm assuming you're coaching, you're coaching at the top level, you must love watching judo. Who do you like watching the most? Who do you find exciting? Yeah, I love, I love any ashiwaza. So anyone that can can pull off an ashiwaza in an event that that's just it's just a spectacular way of of winning. Like it's the ultimate skill. It's not it's not it's not a strength based thing. It's not a power based thing. It's just pure skill and the, and the real art of like, in my personal opinion, what what judo is, do you know what I mean? It's so beautiful to watch. But then I love watching look Fliyaev, look Fliyaev, the the sixty kilo boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got such beautiful judo and such a great when he fights. He he, he just I think he looks very sort of composed and, and, and great how he does judo. And, but <clears throat> you can't go away from I mean the. Oh no, it's like, wow, come on, like, this guy walks into a world championships and just sort of, just walks in like it's Randori and just throws people <laughs> and just, and you know, I'm just sat there like, wow, just wow, what a, what a great, composed, just confident of, of, of his ability, like, and Teddy, do you know what, Teddy, you can't knock, he's, he's, I I think losing for him is a good thing. Yeah, totally. I think we're gonna see. Either he's either gonna do one thing, he's either gonna go done, or I'm, I'm. Do you know what? Okay, that's the challenge I needed to to give me that 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 kick up the 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 booty to to go. I'm I'm back now. I'm gonna go do what I did before to get here. And I I can't wait if he rolls out of the games to see him to see him do what he does like. Because I think losing is a great thing for someone like that to get motivated. That can't be any better motivation. Definitely. And I think if he wants to do Paris Olympics, yeah, I think he... For, for him to carry on, he needs he needs to win in Tokyo. If we have a Tokyo. If, if, it, if it goes ahead next year, everything uh, works out. I think he needs to win because I don't, if he doesn't, I don't think he carries on to Paris. I think he becomes an ambassador for the sport. Um, yeah. You know, and there are people to push him. But uh, I agree. Ono looks like he's doing a different sport sometimes because he's yeah. so relaxed. It looks like it is another level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like everybody else is working in fifth gear and he's just like. Yeah. Like, like well, do you want to do 81s as well? Or like to see how you get on? Just, I don't know. Like. It's great. I also love like I love the difference in sort of 
star. I love uh, Guac, ninety kilo boy, left hand. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And when he's on, when he's when he's in, like when he's up for it, which he's not always up for it, it seems like. But when he is, he's just <laughs> he's so great at being a left hander. If anyone's left handed, watch this man because he. And what's his man on a good day is he's got it down how to keep that space, to keep that distance and control it throughout a fight. And it just looks so professional. But then I love watching the Georgians because personally it was so far away from how I ever did judo and done judo and um, was taught it because it's very wrestling. It's close. It's, it's you're in tight and it's, that's scary, ain't it? That's big risk taking judo. And you've got to love that. Like, I had the pleasure of being there last year and <clears throat> experiencing it and going on the mat and actually doing the randori, which is why I still get hurt. But like, <laughs> uh, yeah, doing the randori, doing the doing the fighting with them and getting in the clinch, getting in that in that close, and that for me is like, woo, do you know what I mean? Like scary, but actually, I love it. Yeah, I love watching it. I love seeing the. the yeah. They always seems to have a dying man's clinch, don't they? It seem like they've got nothing left. ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジャンプ、ジ
lost in a was it junior junior Wales or something like that, and he was bawling his eyes out on the on the podium. And I think it must have embedded some some something deep then that that now it's a it's a it's an actual thing, isn't it? He loses semi uh, finals. But yeah, I love watching him. He's explosive. Do you think, do you think he's got enough left for Tokyo next year? He's an older he's an older athlete now. He can still put on some of the best judo in the world. But has he got enough left? Now, that's it now. We're in this break. I think it's going to go one or two ways for a lot of athletes, isn't it? Like some of them are prepared and probably on fire and buzzing right now. And then, oops, it's all been taken away. Yeah. You've got another eight, nine months, whatever's left to the games. And okay, you've got to go again. Let's see who's ready to go again. And the break might also be absolutely amazing for some people. Especially so the older generation. There. True. Here's one for you, though. Lynn. I'm obsessed with this at the moment. I'm dying to see what the outcome is or of who the Japanese go with. So they obviously pick their team in February with yeah. the, the exception of 66 kilos. Do you think they stick with the same team or do you think they have to reconsider? Particularly as you've got a number of weights where you've got younger athletes who were so close. Um, I'm thinking particularly of 60 yeah. kilos. Um, Takato yeah. and Takayama and do you think they stick with the selection they've made or um, did you see it did you see uh, Kose and, and the, when he delivered the team and the, the I, team? I saw that he was like devastated for the guys yeah. that That's, that was impactful I think that yeah. was like a beautiful moment in the sport um, in terms of will they select again I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I just, because sport moves on, don't it? Like, like it doesn't wait for no one. And, and <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I would like to see them go. Cause I, I, this is a question for the, for the whole world of sport. Like, you've got athletes that have qualified over a year ago. Yeah. For, like, the hit times and stuff like that, running, canoeing, and all these kind of things that are going to be... It's a year and a half, year and a half old times and, and qualification stuff. And you're like, okay, well, does that change now? And are you still, still hitting them times? Cause it's a year and a half on and it's a long time, ain't it? Like a year and a half on a, on a, in a, in a, in a training period is a, is a long time, I suppose. So yeah, I think it's a big question for the whole of sport, not just judo is, are we reselecting again or do we start new or? Ah, no way. Do you stick? It's a big, big question, ain't it? Can you see, then, the game's going ahead next year? Um, I want to say yes, because I, I want this over for everyone, for the world, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know what the impact's going to be on, on the sort of the, the poorer nations yet that haven't really... And we're probably not getting the data out of these countries that haven't got the sort of democracy and the economy set up to to deal with something like this. That yeah, it, and it and it could just wipe out nations or like half a nation of people that like sports not the priority right now, is it? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the preservation of life. So actually, <clears throat> you've got to consider as a, as an Olympic association, what's the world doing right now? Yeah. It's not about Europe. It's not about 
America. It's not about these big nations. It's about the the, the poorer nations that are part of the games and it, like what's going on in that part of the world. I think is yeah. And and I don't know, I suppose what we can do is just sport to to help that. Do we go on with the games just to give people a hope that it's still like there is light at the end of the tunnel or that you could become a beacon for some people or yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, there is more to life than sport, sadly. But yeah, I would love to see it go ahead. And the answer is uh, I just I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't think you could give a better answer than that. I think everybody hopes it goes ahead, but yeah, strange times. Yeah. Um, Denny, you've been a star. Thank you so much for coming on. If people want to follow you, um, where can they find you on social media? Oh, please follow me. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got five or six listeners, so uh, job them your well, if, if you can see begging for a podcast, this is what I'm doing right now. No, I, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, please, yeah. If you want to ask me anything like I, I I love to talk about coaching and judo and stuff like that and yeah please please come and ask and like yeah please question anything that I write on Twitter because that's what it's there for it's an opinion ain't it and the trouble with them is everyone's got one so <laughs> what is your Twitter handle what is you, you, you using well, I think it's just Denny Roberts 83 like I'm not even gone thoughtful or anything creative on that department it's just yeah my name 83 or something like that just my name's quite a rarity anyway, so just type that in and hopefully it will come up. So. Awesome. That's amazing, mate. Thank you so much for getting involved. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And, you and take care, buddy. Allow me to talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's been brilliant. I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Yeah, okay, take care. Bye-bye.